The Ranking Show is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NFL ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. One great thing about the GameTime app is that it shows you a full panoramic view from every available seat. There's not going to be any surprises when you show up to the game, to the concert, to the event, whatever it might be. You get to your seat and you see where it actually is looking at the stage, looking at the field. You are not going to be surprised by where you sit because you will have had that full panoramic view in the app. You will know exactly what you're getting into before you purchase the tickets. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the ranking show at the Athletic Fantasy Football Rankings for Week 11. Just three weeks left in your typical fantasy football season time is of the essence got to get those wins unless hey maybe you're eight and two feeling really good headed toward the playoffs but a lot of us out there still need a couple more wins to get into the playoffs hopefully we're going to help you do that right here in this edition of the ranking show i'm michael beller joined by brandon funston and jake seeley as i am every week on the ranking show guys how we doing how are your uh, teams looking right now headed into week 11 we talk about the listeners all the time how about uh, you guys how you feeling this week <laughs> uh i can admit that i'm living on a couple uh, four and six prayers out there uh, at this point um some good some bad by and large this 2019 season has been a little bit on the downside for me if i have to compare it with my uh the rest of my fantasy football history so uh, i'm not gonna look back fondly necessarily on 2019 unless i have a nice postseason run for a couple teams to take me to the championship i've got too many (laughs) (laughs) that's really all it comes down to i've got too many i've my guillotine One's down, one's alive. Uh, I've missed waivers on a couple of them. I'm still fine because I don't want to be that dead owner team. Hey, the Flex League is the good news is despite the fact I'm in last place, our sixth seed goes to points, as you guys know. And that's how bad this, like my luck. This is why you should give the sixth seed to points is because I'm like the third <laughs> highest scoring team. And I think I'm two and eight or something like that. I, I run into like every juggernaut every week. It's ridiculous. And there's nothing you can do about it. But that's why I, I like the points. But the, the the most important one, the home league. I I started 0-3 and, and I haven't lost since. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I've, I've, I've found that the more I invest in a team, the worse it does. I think the ones that I've, I've you know, just kind of given, <laughs> given – as far as time like to, plans seem to be doing the best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you got to love the home league success. That's the ones that we're all, all of us are in a million leagues. But when I'm there on Sunday, I'm thinking about the home league. I'm thinking about the players on that team. So you got to love uh, when that team's having success. Mine is uh, five and five. So hoping for a strong finish to the season. I'm feeling good where I'm sitting in points. So if I feel if I go two and one the rest of the way, I'll certainly make the playoffs. So uh, that's what that's what I'm hoping for in that league. Uh, but as you said, Jake, uh, a lot of teams there's going to be some good ones there's going to be some bad ones hopefully the good ones end up uh, finishing strong and getting to the playoffs we hope the same 
for you listeners as well. You can follow Jake at All and Kid on Twitter. Brandon is at Brandon Funston, and I am at M. Beller. If you are listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere else for free, uh, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being loyal fans of the ranking show. Please rate, review, subscribe. It really does help us. Uh, it helps us uh, get the show out to you sooner. So uh, just take a couple of minutes. We really do appreciate it. And if you are considering a subscription to The Athletic, you can get 40% off if you go to theathletic.com slash the rankings show you get access to all of our great podcasts writing everything right there on the athletic if you use that subscription you will get access to jake's rankings in written form which are must check every single week wednesday all the way through to kickoff on sunday jake's got you covered updating those tweaking those as more information comes in so <laughs> be sure to check that out if you are a subscriber i know i check it use it as the basis for this show every single week and with that let's and get to life. the show and my well you know don't tell my wife that but it, it, it's sort of true but don't don't let her know that she was ranked <laughs> by, number one of by course. the way i have i think what might end up being it's well it's gonna be is my second only tweet to ever hit over a thousand likes because somebody asked where derrick henry was and he goes is he really that bad this week and i said the bye week hurts his value a lot and <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're going to get from me on Twitter. <laughs> Gotta love that. I saw that actually, and uh, I had a little chuckle at it. So uh, good stuff. Uh, Add a like. <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely a uh, one that deserves all those likes for sure. The Titans are on by this week, so that is going to be something that hurts Derrick Henry's upside. They are joined by the Packers, Seahawks, and Giants. Uh, our second to last bye week of the season. Four more teams go on by in week 12, and then a lot of we can put backs. those to bed. And yes, a lot of running backs. Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, Derek Henry, Saquon Barkley, some big names uh, taking a seat here in week 11. We'll start at the running back position as we do every single week. And this week, we've got a big waiver wire name who jumps right into starting lineups. Brian Hill, the waiver wire prize. Uh, Brandon, you know this on Wire to Wire this week. I said he's someone who I was willing to go all in for, that this is what you have fab money for at this point, to go all in on a guy like Brian Hill. Jake, you're sitting at RB20 on Hill for the week. Brandon, you are at RB18. Jake, we'll start with you on this one. Are we thinking, at least for now, plug and play while Devontae Freeman is out? We are for the most part, but as I talked about in the waiver column, and I even put him as a sleeper in the fact like, hey, don't even hesitate if you went and picked him up. The hesitation that I would have and what I talked about and why I bring that up is because you have to remember who Brian Hill is. And Brian Hill is a big back who runs faster than you think he will for his size. That's what's appealing about him. Strong, but he's a straight line runner, runs between the gaps. Kind of similar to Tevin Coleman, who fit well in this offense before, but even I would say less of a pass catcher than Tevin Coleman. Now these guys can develop as we've lost, you know, we talked about last week with Ronald Jones and eight catches. Things can change. But as of right now, I think Kenyon Barner is going to be involved in the passing game. The question is going to be, do the Falcons turn to a balance and use him in the running game and just throw to their receivers with no Hooper as well? Or do they involve Kenyon Barner in that Devontae Freeman has basically been James White this year, not even running that ball well. So I, that's the only hesitation is why he's not ranked higher. Is I just don't know what his workload is going to be. If you're going to give me 20 touches, I'd feel even better because that's how you beat the Panthers is on the ground. I don't know if he gets 20 touches, though, and that's my concern. Yeah, I mean, I Barner is the one thing that kind of uh, was in the back of my mind is like, yeah, I could see him being the guy in the passing game. Maybe he gets some run. But it kind of sounds like Dan Quinn is willing to go with Brian Hill, and he did come off the game, which he had the 20 uh, carries. Uh, but I like the uh, the Coleman comp just because Coleman against this Carolina defense put up four touchdowns uh, a few weeks back, and uh, 
We saw Derrick Henry, another straight liner, put up uh, basically 100 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Carolina has given up in the last five weeks 70% more than the league average to opposing running backs. So this is not a good run defense. If Brian Hill gets 15-plus touches in this one, I think he's, you know, he's probably landing inside the top 20. So uh, we're pretty close in our rankings. I just think uh, if things go according to, you know, what Carolina's done this year, um, it should be a nice day for Brian Hill if he can get to 15 plus touches. Any game script concerns with the Falcons being five and a half point dogs in this one? Talk about that's well, Falcons that's... went into New Orleans, shut them down. This is a this is a new look Falcons. I, I mean, we're all in on them. New now, look Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that entire game made zero sense from yes, both sides I of the ball. I, 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 and, I and that's where I'm going to go back to it is if they're down. And if they are passing, does Brian Hill stay on the field? So I, I'm not saying like you're only you're not like worlds in front of me, and you're you're right about those other teams. But those other teams are able to win this game. I don't know if the same thing can be said about the Falcons. And again, that's my only hesitation. Just I, I only bring that up for people out there. You know, I see people. Well, let me ask you guys this, and because you don't have him in the rankings, but Brandon, would you start Joe Mixon or Brian Hill after that workload in a game where they got destroyed and they still gave Joe Mixon 30 carries? I'm starting Joe Mixon, and that's my point. <laughs> that's funny you bring that up because I have Joe Mixon ranked one ahead of Brian Hill, that, and I and I would. Yeah, so I, yeah losing by 36, losing by 36 points, and they gave Mixon a, a, a season high for the NFL 30 carries. Yeah, that that's crazy. So you feel good about that? Yeah, it uh, sounds like a team that's ready for the season to be over with the Cincinnati Bengals. If you're going to give uh, <laughs> your running back that much work in a game where you're getting blown out, we'll see what Brian Hill has to bring uh, in his first game as the starter for the Atlanta Falcons. Devontae Freeman going to be out for at least a couple of weeks here. Let's move on to Denver and Minnesota. The Broncos have a couple of interesting running backs, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. They too big underdogs this week on the road in Minnesota. Ten and a half point dogs, uh, but Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman have been uh, relatively consistent all season. You guys are both low-end twos on Lindsay uh, in lockstep there. Jake a little bit higher on Freeman at RB25, Brandon down at RB31. I'll start with you here, Brandon. How do you grade these guys going into every single week, be it against a team like Minnesota, a tough defense, or a softer one? How do you really figure out what do you want to do with these two guys in a matchup like this? Yeah, well, so I, I grade Lindsay always higher because I just think he has the higher upside just with the way he plays. Um, you know, he's had, I think I believe, like six runs of 20-plus yards, which ranks in the top five in the league. He has five touchdowns compared to Freeman's two. I know Freeman has recently scored a couple of those, those two touchdowns, but Lindsay's been really good at the goal line. He has the, you know, the breakaway potential is the trump card over Freeman. And if they're playing from behind, I feel better about Lindsay in the passing game, making big plays as well. Freeman's the kind of guy I always look at as like, you know what? He could be, he's always going to, you know, he's always got a good chance to give you a safe 60 to 70 yards. Maybe he throws in a touchdown where I, whereas I feel like if someone's going to pop for a hundred plus total yards, I feel like that's going to be Lindsay, even though they're all kind of end up splitting time and, and their numbers in the end sort of net out close uh, to me, it's Lindsay's upside. It's going to always push me to have him a little bit higher. And this, this matchup, you know, it's a mixed bag. Minnesota has been, good at times they've had some some issues at times with running backs but I think for the most part you know with Brandon Allen at quarterback going on the road and playing this Minnesota team at you know looking pretty good right now um, I think Denver's gonna have a hard time keeping this one close and if that's the case I'm gonna lean on Lindsay a little bit more as well next 
<laughs> I don't really have much to add that's left to be said. <laughs> Look at that, Brandon. You just okay. doing hey. doing the doing the job of two people today. I like it. <laughs> oh, uh yeah, I don't know what to say. I normally uh, you know, getting Jake to not have anything to say is not an easy task, but uh mission accomplished. Yeah, there one. you go. Taking care of business. Well then let's just move right on. Let's go to Kenyon Drake, <laughs> our next running back to discuss. Another one where you guys are uh in virtual agreement. Jake at running back twenty-four. Brandon at running back 23. It's funny, right? This guy wasn't even on the team a few weeks ago. And it's like we feel like we know him the best now of the running backs who are in Arizona. David Johnson looked terrible last week, looks injured, looks like a guy you can't trust. And Jake, I know you talked about that earlier this week with uh, Chris Meany and Brad Ziegler on the throwback. Chase Edmonds could return from his knee injury this week. Uh, we'll, we'll see if he's able to get back on the field. Obviously, we know it's a challenging matchup with San Francisco. Uh, but that was the game that Kenyon Drake started in, in his first game with the Arizona Cardinals, this same matchup just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Jake, we'll start with you on this one. Do we consider Kenyon Drake the lead back in Arizona for right now? Uh, it's not just right now. I think period. I think it's over at this point. And I don't understand why Arizona's even rolling out David Johnson at this point, only for the fact that maybe it's because Chase Edmonds isn't back yet. It's funny to say back twice there because he's got a back injury, that being David Johnson and the ankle. And, all, and if you watch last week's game, I mean, he was crawling to the line of scrimmage. It was sad, honestly, for somebody who loves David Johnson as much as I do. He's got so much dead cap. He's on this roster next year. And I only bring that up to say, I think that as soon as Chase Edmonds is back, I would not be surprised that they shut him down for the rest of the year. Like they, You might as well try and get something out of next year. And David Johnson is not right. And what I said on that show was, you can't start him. If you can trade him for anything, get rid of him right now. I have David Johnson outside the top 40 because you need a good game before you can start David Johnson. And I don't see the schedule where he does get a good game, especially if Edmonds is back and this is a committee. I think it is Drake's backfield. The only concern I have is with how good Edmonds looked at times, do they kind of give Edmonds a shot? And then if he comes out hot, does Drake fall back behind him? So as of right now, I don't know that Edmonds comes back. If Edmonds is back this week, I'd move Drake down a little bit, but I would still roll Drake out there as the lead for this week specifically until we see something different with Edmonds. Yeah, I just there's something in NFL head coach DNA that that's, that doesn't allow for them to say it's Kenyon Drake's backfield. Like, you know, there's always going to be someone that they let mix into the even when we think it's going to be the case. But I agree with you on David Johnson. He looked he looked terrible last week and, and he's not a terrible player. He's a super talent. So you have to believe there's injury still going on. I'm going to reserve judgment on him for the rest of the season um, because they have a buy in week 12. And I don't know if this is a can get right in two week kind of health situation or if this is a I need the entire offseason uh, health situation. But I would. I would hang on to it. I don't think you're going to be able to get much for him, uh, but I would be interested to see uh, what he looks like coming out of that bye. And I would think if you're Arizona, you just let Kenyon Drake have this role. You keep David Johnson out there in an emergency situation in case Kenyon Drake goes down. But you really hope going into this game against San Francisco that you don't have to use David Johnson at all because it basically gives you two full weeks uh, of, of downtime for him to maybe get healthy to become no, closer see, to what, what we saw if, at the beginning of the year. I if I need to win now, and I know that's always relative, if I need to win now, I'm dropping David Johnson for McKissick, Brian Hill, the pickups. Um, it's, I, I wouldn't I, do it for again. McKissick. I get it for Brian Hill. McKissick is, yeah, to me, he's... Why? Yeah. You can't start David Johnson this week, and then, as you said, the buy on top of it. Again, goodbye, David Johnson. You're done. Yeah. You're toast. I'll come it's, back uh, at the end of the, sh- end of the year. If David Johnson has one startable game the rest of the season, 
I'll, I'll admit it was wrong on that, but I don't think that's happening. <laughs> we got to get more than just an admission of, of wrongness. <laughs> no, because that's why well, so I'm the one out on the limb here. Nobody wants to agree with me. I'm the one on the limb. Uh, no, I, I don't I, disagree I do that agree. if you're playing for now, if you're Michael Beller and you're five and five and you need to win this week, I, I get it. But if you have any ability, I mean, obviously you can't trade him for anything. I mean, you say if you can get anything, I don't think you can right now. So I think it more You'd be surprised. Go look, look at the comments. Some people are still getting some. I mean, you're not getting anything inside the top 20, but I'm talking about anything that like anything that you could potentially put in your lineup. I'm trading them. That's how bad it is. I just don't understand. I mean, we, we all saw him the way he looked last week. I mean, he really he looked injured. And when you have Drake playing the way he's playing and Edmonds, even if he's not back this week, we know Edmonds is back after the week 12 bye. Um, then, then you got to think that this is going to be a situation where DJ is third, right? So even if, I mean, he would have to be fully right. healthy to be anything better than that. And I just don't and see And you would happening. have to see a game first. Right, right. Well, right, so. I think the point is we don't really know how injured he is. And so it's your, your, last, chance, your <laughs> last chance to get anything uh, of value from him is if he is shut down for the next two weeks and they let him, you know, come out of the bye and maybe he's feeling better. We just don't know. I mean, yeah. it, it could be, you know, it could be a lot longer term than that. So yeah, um, it certainly looks only like hope, it. Though, if you're a David Johnson owner. Definitely. Or maybe you got Kenyon Drake as well. But uh, yeah, either step way, away, uh, step away from the table before you lose more. <laughs> definitely. It was a, uh, a fun game between these two teams a couple of weeks ago, a close game. But uh, 49ers still 11 point favorites at home against Arizona this week. One more running back to talk about. He was the guy who came back last week. Kareem Hunt making his Cleveland debut and looked good doing it. Four carries for 30 yards, got nine targets. That obviously being the big number. Caught seven of them for 44 yards. You guys are, again, virtually the same here. Jake at RB29, Brandon at RB28. Uh, the big no- Another big number to me, played uh, th- uh, 38 snaps. Excuse me. Cream Hunt played 38 snaps last week. 28 of them were with Nick Chubb also on the field. That's a big number. That suggests how they're going to use him. Brandon, what's our expectation for him this week against Pittsburgh, the Thursday night game, and also for the rest of the season? Is this someone who you're going to be able to start with a with some degree of confidence more often than not? Um, maybe. I mean, you know, maybe in a in a James White kind of way. The nice thing about this is this kind of played out exactly how I thought it was going to play out, probably how Jake thought it was going to play out too, and that, you know, the passing game work seemed like an obvious place for him to to get a little extra run. Um, I, I expect going forward that he'll see a little bit more than four carries, but uh, I think what we're going to see a lot of is kind of this, you know, he had nine targets. I, I can see him being a regular in that passing game. And so like a lot of these third down backs or these change of pace kind of backs, you know, the James whites, the Duke Johnson's um, you know, they're, they're usable in a flex spot. I think that's where cream hunt is right now. We'll see. It sounds like maybe, Freddie Kitchens is willing to let him even touch the ball a little bit more going forward, but this is still Nick Chubb's backfield as as the as the main ground gainer here. I just think that Cream Hunt probably has, uh, you know, flex viability. It's not a great matchup this week. That's why I have him down a little bit, but I expect the you know ten to twelve touches to be a regular thing for him. Yeah, he's basically this is the Saints backfield with Mark Ingram there, except the roles are reversed. Mark Ingram is the lead, that being Nick Chubb, and you know, you got the Alvin Kamara with Kareem Hunt. So both startable, but just in a different fashion. But dude, that's how I would consider it. Looking at the Saints as hey, you didn't have a problem if you wanted to start both on the same team. You didn't really want to, but I'm just saying, like, that's how valuable they should be, is that both of them should be in starting lineups most of the, I would say almost every single game. 
Yeah, it's going to be a game I'm uh, looking forward to, certainly. Uh, see, uh, game two with Kareem Hunt uh, uh, in Cleveland on Thursday night. think maybe they uh, have a little bit more uh, rhythm in the offense uh, with him. Uh, there were some fits and starts for them in their win last week. Maybe they've got uh, that smoothed out. Again, Thursday night football, three-point favorites with Pittsburgh heading to Cleveland. Running back to take a chance on here in week 11. Brandon, you take this one away first. I'll let Jake go first because I have two guys and he might want one of my guys. So I don't want to step, oh, okay. on, step on his toes there. Oh, so. I, already, I already said Brian Hill. So I'll go higher than Brian Hill. Well, no, actually lower in the ranks, but higher for what might be the assumption from the owners. As I'm going back to Devin Singletary, I know a lot of people are concerned and everybody's panicking and running for the hills last week after what happened. But the snap count was still there out there for two thirds of the snaps. Frank Gore only out for a third. And, you know, look, we talked about it on this show. I talked about it on the throwback. I talked about every podcast last week. The concern with Devin Singletary is you're going to be Matt Forte and get vultured at the goal line. That's not going away. But it's against the Dolphins, and the snap and the touches and the opportunities are still there. Even if he doesn't score a touchdown, this should be back to around 100 total yards, if not more. And I'll, I'll speak to owners maybe a little bit more desperate than that. I'll, I'll throw out Raheem Moster and J.D. McKissick, who I already poo-pooed on, but McKissick in oh, any gross. kind of a PPR bump <laughs> league against Dallas. Dallas has <laughs> given up a lot of receptions to the running backs, and McKissicks are going to have to – I don't think they're going to want to give him any more than the 10 carries they gave him last week. He's not really cut out for it, uh, but I think he could be active in the passing game and maybe get back to about 10 carries this week as well. And Moster, I don't – I don't think Matt Breida is going to play. I mean, you never know with Matt Breida. He could have Larry said one to two weeks before we came on. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that's the case. Like I said, you, you, they could do an about face of Breida saying he's going to play, but uh, I, I agree. I think he's out. And Mostert against Arizona running as a number two, I think there's there's flex appeal there as a guy that can do get stuff done in the passing game and, and maybe sneak a touchdown in. So I think those are two decent, uh, deeper plays that you can maybe pluck off the waiver still. Yeah, both. Well, those that's the case. If it's an about face, by the way, and they do reverse course, uh, if Brita doesn't practice the entire week and then shows up, he's a must start. Every single league, put him in DFS everywhere. Every single time <laughs> he doesn't practice, he goes off. Every time he's healthy the entire week, he does nothing. <laughs> It's the Matt Breida way. It's something we've uh, come to to know and and sort of like, I guess, a little bit over the uh, the last couple of seasons. Uh, the, the the familiar rhythms of Matt Breida. He is dealing with an ankle injury. Almost certainly going to be out this week. We talked about Chase Edmonds and David Johnson and their injury situations. Going to keep an eye on that over the next couple of days. J.D. McKissick in a larger role because of Ty Johnson's concussion that he suffered against Chicago and Saquon Barkley dealing with a shoulder issue. Uh, doesn't sound like anything serious. Obviously, the Giants are on by this week, but still something that you just might want to keep an eye on because of how important he is to your team. If Wayne Gallman's floating out there at all, even though the Giants are on by, maybe you go and scoop him right now. We uh, are up to wide receivers next, but first, a word from DoorDash. Guys, I look out my window right now. You guys know I live in Chicago. It's already the winter. It is snowing. There is snow on the ground. I already know that I don't want to go outside to get lunch, to get dinner, to get whatever. Thankfully, I don't have to. With DoorDash, ordering is easy. You just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are, including in snowy Chicago. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more with the uh, code RANKINGS, R-A-N-K-I-N-G-S. That's $5 off your order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code RANKINGS. Don't forget, that's promo code RANKINGS for $5 off your first order. 
from DoorDash. And now let's get back to the show. Let's get back to wide receivers and someone who, guys, you know, I, I think he wishes he could just dash his way back to week two and find a way to keep Ben Roethlisberger healthy. It has been a lost season for Juju Smith-Schuster. Wide receiver 31 in Jake's ranks for the weeks. Wide receiver 22 in Brandon's. Uh, Brandon, I think I need you to explain that first because, uh, <laughs> I mean, this offense, uh, Emery Hunt and I talked about it on the advanced route yesterday. Uh, the word he used was clunky, and it does look just clunky, this Pittsburgh offense with Mason Rudolph at the helm. Uh, defend Juju as a wide receiver, too, this week. Well, first of all, I think the offense gets a lot better with James Conner uh, back in the backfield, and it looks like he is trending in that direction. And from the injury inside injuries thing, it's you know they they don't feel like this is an injury that's going to be a problem for Conner. It's just really more of a pain management thing. So, uh, and we get, we can't forget that like Juju Smith Schuster's got five games of seventy five or more yards. He's had good games this year, and a lot of those games were with Mason Rudolph. And you get Cleveland who. It's hard to find a slot uh, slot receiver who hasn't had a good day against the Cleveland Browns. I mean, that is a weakness for them for sure. So I, I just don't think that we can just say, look, at uh, the last two weeks are what Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be for the rest of the season. I think there's good days ahead, and I believe that this will be one of them. So, I, you know, we got four teams on by. I don't have a problem rolling with Juju Smith-Schuster this week. I'm glad you said two, because we can look in the fact that he's got two good games out of his last six. Done. Mic drop. Let's move on. <laughs> it's been, uh, you know, I've been a Juju Smith-Schuster uh, guy. I was big into him coming into the season. I have him on that five and five home league team, and I think that's part of the reason that team's five and five, and not maybe you know six and four or seven and three, is because uh, Juju just hasn't been able to uh, be that sort of guy who I thought he was when I was getting him in the second round. Uh, three catches for forty-four yards last week, and fewer than fifty yards in four of his last six games. How about another guy dealing with a new? Oh, quarter? I was gonna say. Kidding aside, he. I just want to. I. I. I know. I was joking. I don't, I don't want people to be like, "Man, Jake hates Brandon. He's a dick." <laughs> or, actually, Brandon might just punch me in the face. He does. That's the. That's the upside. That's. But I. I put him wait till January to do that. I won't see you until yeah. then. <laughs> I, I put him in the, see, the wide receiver three. He's there permanently for me. But he's in that boomer bust. That's the upside of him. But the downside is what I mentioned about the other four games, and we're talking single digit sub five point performances. So. There's the upside. I just I, I'm not going to rank them as a wide receiver too. So there you go. I just want to actually add some context. All right, that's not that sounds fair you treat, to me. You treat Stephon Diggs the same way. Uh, no, so Stephon Diggs because of volume, they, they at least don't have any really other options. Especially yeah, with well, Phelan still dealing yeah. with his yeah with his uh, with his hamstring, and we'll 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 talk about him or at least touch on him when we get to the injuries. Actually, but to your point. For the, I always tell you, you know, I do the rankings for the projections and let this you know system, and then I work back through them. Stefan Diggs is going to move down. I dug deeper to Stefan Diggs, and he's going to move down. I'm going to go back to what I continue. I know he wasn't on the list here for the fact is, but it's when quarterbacks get pressure on Kirk Cousins. As I've said before, he doesn't have time to think, and he turns to Diggs. Uh, I, the Broncos don't get a pass rush. They're 22nd in adjusted sack rate, so Stefan Diggs is going to slide back a little bit, to your point. Yeah, and it could be another one of those uh, Minnesota playing at home, Dalvin Cook defense, a team we're much better than. We can just roll right over them. We saw that against Atlanta. We saw it against Oakland before they got on their little hot run. Uh, so it could be another one of those scripts for the Vikings this week against the Broncos. Uh, back to our regularly scheduled programming with Terry <laughs> McLaurin. Uh, Dwayne Haskins named the starter for Washington. Of course, they are coming out of their bye and hosting the Jets. Uh, Washington actually one-point favorites in this game, but uh, not expecting a ton of scoring on either side. We've got an over-under comfortably south of 40 points. Obviously, McLaurin has done all his damage uh, with Case Keenum 
as the quarterback in Washington. We've got a similar situation to what we just talked about with uh, Juju, where Jake is uh, considerably lower at wide receiver 34 than Brandon at wide receiver 25. We know these guys had a ton of success together in Columbus, but the NFL is not the Big Ten, is it, Jake? No, and this, look, for anybody that's listened to me since last draft season knows I love Dwayne Haskins. I'm a big Terry McLaurin fan. Anything we've talked about during this season, I said how much I like Terry McLaurin. My biggest uh, outlook for him was going to be for next year because I thought it was going to take a season for Haskins before we start and similar to Patrick Mahomes. Like we might see him the last few games and then roll into him in season two. And I'm not saying Dwayne Haskins is going to turn into Patrick Mahomes. But the inexperience in college, he uh, even less than Patrick Mahomes. So that was the entire thought process. And I put all that out to say, I'm fans of these guys. I'm fans of the opportunity for the future going forward. They have a nice trio and you mix in Darius guys for the future. The offensive line doesn't give any quarterback, whoever it is, time to think. Dwayne Haskins is too inexperienced to, you know, really not make those decisions quickly. He just can't. And Terry McLaurin, as much as they have a rapport and all type of built, you know, we saw that that was the excuse with Mason Rudolph and James Washington before. And that didn't show up just until last week. So, I would love to rank them higher. I just can't. And if you look at what the Jets have kind of done, you know, Golden Tate was quiet, much quieter last week than Darius Slayton was. And I'm not saying that's every single game. But if you're looking for the short to intermediate routes where Terry McLaurin really makes his hay, at least as a rookie, uh, I just I just don't see much happening for this offense in general. Yeah, I mean, I get it. And I have actually, full disclosure, I moved him down to 27 because there's a lot of decent matchups uh, for receivers this week. And I, but I, I think this matchup does set up well for a potential for McLaurin to have a good day. I mean, those outside corners for the Jets are terrible. Uh, and one thing I'd worry about with the rookie quarterback like Haskins as he tries to process things is pressure, which the Jets have 15 sacks on the year. They don't get after the quarterback well at all. So I do think in a home game that, you know, that maybe Washington can buy him some time that McLaurin can take advantage of some matchups and make some plays. So uh, we've seen him have big days early with Case Keenum. And I just feel like with Haskins, you like the arm talent more than Keenum. It's just a matter of him being able to process uh, what's going on in front of him. And I think he'll have a little bit of time to do that in this game. I'm banking on McLaurin making, uh, you know, a couple big plays in this one. So it's a bit of a gamble given all the, given what we've seen in Washington, no doubt. But if uh, a game, a game that sets up, <laughs> that sets up well for him to have another good game, I think this is it. It's, pie, uh, apple pie. The- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll be able to, uh, you know, Ohio State, their alma mater, uh, they play Rutgers uh, this Saturday. Um, so maybe oh they'll God, be able to. Yeah, right. So maybe they'll be Did able to. Did you see the over under for that game? It's like 50 and a half. And, and what's the line? Like 45? <laughs> I mean, it's got to be something like that, right? <laughs> I actually saw something right before we started that uh, some book in Vegas finally put a uh, put a Rutgers money line on the board and it's plus 200,000. Are you serious? Yeah, so you can get you're getting uh you're yeah, you're getting 20,000 to 1 000. odds. 20,000 yeah. or 10 yeah, 20,000 to 1 odds. I mean, I have $100 to throw away for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like let's go back Ronda Rousey. I'm just saying weirder things have happened. <laughs> That would be a weird one. That would be a hey, very hey, Jake, weird one. I'll tell you what. I'll be the house on this one. You give me the hundred dollars, and if uh, <laughs> if they win, I will pay off. Okay. Hey, all I have to say: <laughs> ask Kentucky basketball fans how they feel after last night. Right. <laughs> Evansville. Evansville. Record has a little ahead. longer off. 
odds, yeah. <laughs> uh, just a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. Hey, but uh, speaking of Rutgers, let's jump down the uh, sheet a little bit. Uh, we'll come back to Debo Samuel, but let's talk about a, a Rutgers product, Mohamed Sanu, uh, another guy where you guys have a big divergence of opinion, one of the biggest that we've seen in the ranking show all season, uh, going to be playing his third game now with the New England Patriots. The last one before the bye uh, got 14 targets, caught 10 of them for 81 yards and a touchdown in that loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Jake at wide receiver 38, not feeling Sanu necessarily. Brandon, though, you are big time feeling Sanu at wide receiver 24. So we'll let you go first here. Uh, Why Sanu? I mean, it seems like if you've got Muhammad Sanu, Brandon, you specifically, you're starting him this week no matter what. Yeah, I like the matchup. Um, You know, probably drawing a lot of Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby. I mean, Philly has been Philly struggled in pass defense. Uh, I think this is, you know, you you looked at Sanu's, his game, his first game with the team, 14 targets, 81 yards and a touchdown. Uh, they've had some time to, you know, he's had time to assimilate uh, even more because of the bye. And uh, I just don't know what there is to not like about Muhammad Sanu. I, I know Julian Edelman will probably be active too, but I just don't see, you know, um, who's the tight end. I mean, maybe James white, but like, I mean, I just don't see there's a lot of other compilers in the passing game besides Sanu and Edelman and, and, and James white. I mean, Philip Dorsett's kind of like, you're going to take your chances with him here and there, but I, I could see Sanu getting double digit targets in this game. Yeah. Well, it's, and this is one of the things too. It's a lot of the previous history of the projections is carrying over from, you know, previous team and the Atlanta Falcons. I'm assume when I run through this again, he'll move up. I don't think he's going to move up quite as high as Brandon has because I still go back to it's the Patriots. I, I it can be a Phil Dorsett game who plays outside. It's a new mix and matches and moves around. Thankfully for him, I just I, I don't know that I'm going to ever have him inside the top 24 as a must start wide receiver too, just because of the fact of it's the Patriots. If he was on the Patriots and Dorsett was done. And one of the running backs was done. I'd feel a lot better, but it's just, I, I want Julian Edelman is the most predictable one. And then the rest, but as mentioned to start off the top, similar to what Brandon just said about the other player is, you know, he's probably going to, I know he's going to move up. This is a, an initial pullback from, but Hey, you guys want rankings midnight Tuesday. This is what happens. Rankings <laughs> midnight Tuesday. This is why, this is why you're one of the best Jake. You get it out there. You, you fine tune it. You tweak it. You go over your process and, Come Sunday, you've got everything uh, totally figured out, right? Yeah, of course, 100%. 100%. 100%, no question about it. That's Mohamed Sanu. Uh, Again, Philadelphia hosting New England. New England, three and a half point favorites. And just to clean up what we were talking about with Ohio State and Rutgers, that's plus two. That's plus plus 200,000, which is 2,000 to one odds on Rutgers if you want to take Rutgers to uh, beat Ohio State straight up. Most likely not going to be happening. One more receiver to talk about, Debo Samuel. Perhaps a breakout game for Samuel last week. Caught eight passes for 112 yards in the 49ers' first loss of the season to Brandon Seattle Seahawks. Congratulations, Brandon. George Kittle and Manuel Sanders both dealing with injuries. Maybe one, maybe both out this week for San Francisco against Arizona. This is a great matchup. Jake, is it time to trust Debo Samuel? Oh, it's been time for a few weeks, but then for a few weeks, it's been still as a wide receiver four, which if Emmanuel Sanders was healthy, I'd still have him as a wide receiver four. If Emmanuel Sanders is out, that's kind of what the assumption might be as of right now. Uh, he would move higher. Uh, this is where he's going to be and continue to be, even with a good matchup, unless Emmanuel Sanders is off the field. Because you have to factor in, too, let's throw in George Kittle coming back. So Debo Samuel has cemented the fact that he's at least the number two 
And before this, we were dealing with, do you want Bourne? Do you want Pettis? Do you want good? No, you don't want any of them. You don't want to deal with any of them. So Debo's locked in. Uh, just it's going to have to be. I hate to say as of today, but you know, you just joked about it. It's Wednesday. This is going to change probably before the end of the league. As of today, if Sanders and Kittle are out there, he's a wide receiver four with upside for more. If Kittle or Sanders sits, he probably gets close to the top 30. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're in the same neighborhood. I like Debo Samuel a lot and man, uh, you know, that, that performance against the Seahawks just has me excited about this guy's future. I mean, Maybe, uh, you know, we got to pull back a little bit on the excitement for this week. And, and, and frankly, I think Arizona's getting better on defense. And Byron Murphy, the rookie corner, had a, had a big pick last week. And I think he's getting better. And you got Patrick Peterson there. Like, I'd be a little bit worried if Sanders and Kittle aren't playing that, that Samuel just gets too much attention. Um, so that could be a problem. But I just think um, with the way this team's going to want to play that, uh, you know, the they remember San Francisco was in a position where they were down, I believe 21 to 10 and they had to go to the pass a lot more than they normally would have. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the case here. You'll probably see them get back to a little bit more conservative thing. And, and again, I, I don't know if I changed my ranking a whole lot, whether Sanders and Kittle play or not. I think he's, he's just kind of in the, that very back end wide receiver three early wide receiver four range for me. It's a game I personally am excited about. Uh, Chris Meany and I talked about this one a whole lot on our Best on the Board show uh, this Wednesday. Uh, we both like the Cardinals getting 11 points, but uh, Debo Samuel could be in the midst of a little late-season breakout. Eight catches for 112 yards last week, looking at wide receiver three, wide receiver four rankings from our guys here, Jake and Brandon. Uh, one wide receiver to take a chance on. Brandon, we'll start with you here. Yeah, I only have one, so I need to go first here. Um, that would be Auden Tate. I, I love the matchup this week against Oakland. Uh, he gets a lot of red zone looks. It hasn't really paid off with a lot of touchdowns, but I think this could be one of those weeks. So as a as a flyer, a guy you have to plug into a flex spot, I think this is a good week for Auden Tate. Yeah, I'll go – you said deeper for the running backs. I'll go way deeper on this one. I'm going to go Traquan Smith. Uh, you know, the first game back, out-snapped Ted Ginn. And Ted Ginn went 0 for 3. And we're talking about the highly, highly, highly exploitable pass defense of the Buccaneers. And you're looking for a big play. Uh, Traquan Smith. And uh, yeah, look, I'm not trying to start Traquan Smith. But if you're going to talk about Traquan Smith in the realm of like the Isabellas of the world, I think he deserves to be there. Are you worried about the uh, addition by subtraction move of Vernon Hargraves? Mm, not at all. <laughs> if you can't get on the field over Vernon Hargraves, it's like this is t- taking this long. Like, uh, how yeah. bad are you? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, this feels like a prime bounce back spot for the Saints after getting uh, beat down at home by Atlanta last week, bouncing back against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where they are five and a half point favorites this week. Injuries you're going to want to keep an eye on this week. AJ Green still with his ankle, been bothering him, been keeping him out of games. All season long. T.Y. Hilton, uh, things are trending in the right direction, but not quite ready to say whether he'll be able to play or not after missing a couple of games with a quad injury. Same goes for Adam Thielen with his hamstring injury. Will Fuller is practicing. Definitely sounds like he is going to be back on the field for the Texans in their huge game with the Baltimore Ravens this week. As we talked about, Emmanuel Sanders left Denver's, or excuse me, San Francisco's game, uh, lost to the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night with a rib injury, still waiting for early word on him. Sterling Shepard still trying to get out concussion protocol, things not looking good for him, and Brandon Cooks has already been ruled out for Sunday night football against the Chicago Bears with his concussion problems. Now on to the quarterback position. I want to start 
with Carson Wentz. A tough matchup, of course, against the New England Patriots at home. He's QB 14 this season in points per game, but as we've talked about a few times on this show, it certainly has been a slog for Carson Wentz this season. Deshaun Jackson, not really a subtraction from what we've seen from Philly all season, given that he only had that week one performance, but now we know he is done for the year. You guys neither are high on him this week. Jake at QB 17, Brandon at QB 15. But Jake, I noticed that you have been listing him as a buy in your rankings column for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Why do you have him listed as such? Because the schedule, check the tape, check the schedule after this. The schedule is one of the better ones when you talk about quarterbacks, because after this, the Seahawks, which has actually been pretty successful against the pass, Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, and then Cowboys to close things out. It's one of the best passing schedules you can find the rest of the way. So that's really why Uh, the Patriots situation, to be honest, He's going to, that being Carson Wentz this week, he's going to move back even further with the Alshon Jeffrey news. Alshon Jeffrey missing practice today, yet Carson Wentz, this was with Alshon Jeffrey playing. I don't even care what else is involved because as defensives has shown, stop Zach Ertz and ask the rest to beat you. Well, if there's no Alshon Jeffrey and it's stop Zach Ertz and ask Nelson Aguilar and Dallas Goddard to beat you, that Carson Wentz is going to fall back. Yeah. Uh, can I just say move on? I, I kind of agree <laughs> with all that. Um, you can. Yeah. I mean, he's he's just kind of one of those guys that you just may have to be forced to play because you don't have better options. I, I don't love the matchup at all. I don't like, you know, the fact that there's not the deep, deep threat in Deshaun Jackson. I, I will say I think there's guys like Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz that he might be able to utilize this week. Um you know, as you try to get away from Stefan Gilmore and stuff that maybe he can have a little bit of success, but I don't, you're not going to get rich on Carson Wentz this week and you're going to hopefully have a better option to plug in there against the Patriots. Yeah. Add Elshon Jeffrey to the uh, wide receiver injury list. Uh, did not see that before we, uh, before we started the show here. So Elshon Jeffrey, uh, obviously bringing down Carson Wentz as, as you guys have mentioned here and uh, might not be someone who his owners are able to roll out this week. I, I, w- I would just say that whether he plays or not, you might not notice a difference. <laughs> and it's a late kickoff. It's a uh, yeah. four four twenty five Eastern uh, kickoff. So if that's a game time decision, you might have to make that choice uh, before you know for sure if he is in or if he is out. Someone who we do know is in in week eleven for the first time since week one is Nick Foles. Pour one out for Minshew Mania. Gardner Minshew back to the sidelines. Nick Foles, the starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars as they go into Indianapolis to take on the Colts. One note there, our own Stephen Holder, Colts beat reporter, reporting that Jacoby Brissett, uh, full participant in practice today, believe he had that first uh, out there uh, into the world. So Jacoby Brissett will be making his return for the Colts. Nick Foles making his return for the Jaguars. And he returns, guys, to a pretty nice group of weapons with what Leonard Fournette has been able to do this season. DJ Chark emerging. Chris Conley set a couple of nice games. We're not sure on on D.D. Westbrook's situation, but if he's out there, you got a pretty good group of pass catchers in Jacksonville. You guys are in lockstep on this one. Jake at QB 15 and Brandon at QB 14. Uh, Brandon, we'll start with you on Foles. Uh, What should be our realistic expectations for him in this first game back? Well, I mean, I think I would point to what you said. He he has a really nice collection of weapons. I like all three of those receivers. I like the balance in Leonard Fournette and the fact that they've gotten him involved in the passing game as well. So you feel good about that. You know, it was a a collarbone injury. It's not like – it wasn't like a bad leg injury or anything like that. You feel like, uh, you know, given how much time he's been out, that he should be coming back in healthy and not be really inhibited in any way. And this matchup is kind of middle of the road. So for me, I'm ranking him – 
sort of middle of the road. I don't think it's it's terrible if you have to roll out Nick Foles this week. I think he can do a serviceable job. I think going forward, though, we're going to see him just get better and better. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would say I am uh, leaning on the optimistic side for Nick Foles overall. And also for me, it has to do with kind of the people behind them. It just matchups and how much I trust quarterbacks behind them. And I know it's his first game back, but I just mentioned what Brandon just said, the collection of talent is there. Matchup's not bad this week. It, it's just, it kind of just fell that way. It's not like, oh yeah, he's like an immediate must start. But like I said, I, I definitely feel better. And you're looking at Driscoll this week and Finley this week and Mayfield on Thursday night in a game. I don't want to touch him in. So it's just kind of a lot of, uh, hey, look who's behind him type of situation. Yeah, Brandon Allen making his uh, second start for the Broncos. So <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. I actually don't think that might be too bad. Brandon Allen is interesting. <laughs> is he? Why would, hey, look, when you expound Minnesota, on that a little Minnesota, bit, Minnesota is showing that they they're just going to focus on stopping the run. They, I'm not saying he's Dak Prescott, but Dak Prescott just blew this team up. Like there is no Xavier Bumpy Roads, and like it's open roads to steal that <laughs> from our, a friend of ours over well, on, on Dane Martinez, what he always likes to say, roads closed or bump, whatever. It's it's open roads now. That secondary is not stopping anybody. That's the truth. And if you're, you're going to go out there, Brandon Allen's showed in his first game. He's not afraid to just pepper the living hell out of Cortland Sutton, too. So, Is that your quarterback to take a chance on right there? No, it's not. All right. All right. So we know we're going to get two or at least one and a half with Brandon Allen being one. Uh, we'll get to that one, the other one uh, yeah, shortly. One. But uh, yeah, we'll count, we'll count him as a half. So we're going to get 1.5 out of you this week, Jake. I love that. Well, no, no, you might still, you're only still, you're still going to only get one and you'll see why. Oh, oh man. That's a tease. That, that is a great tease (laughs) in the business. Before we finish uh, that off, we're going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo though. Uh, This guy looked bad against Seattle. You guys, after a big game against Arizona, the good news though, is he gets that same Arizona defense this week that he shredded for 8.6 yards per attempt, four touchdowns, 317 yards just a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, George Kittle, Manuel Sanders, those are going to be things that change where he's ranking or where he's ranked by the time we actually uh, have him out there on Sunday. But let's just assume that, I don't know, let's just say let's say one or both of these guys is able to play. Jake, you're a QB 10. Brandon, you're a QB 11. Is this really about the matchup? Is this Arizona matchup just too good to pass up? Jake, you take this one first. Uh, that's really a lot of it. I mean, how much are you going to complain about facing Arizona now? I will pull back if there's no Kittle and no Emmanuel Sanders. And now you're talking about a tough situation there. And I'm still a little hesitant only because any given week, this is a run heavy team, but with no Matt Breida, it's Tevin Coleman and Mostert, you know, that's maybe a little bit more hesitant to not run the ball as much as they do, but it's a dicey one. I never feel good about ranking this passing offense when it comes down to the Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, it's mostly matchup for me as well. And and there's not a Jadavian Clowney uh, on the Arizona side. I mean, he was an absolute nightmare for Garoppolo. He was in his face uh, every time out. But you look at you look at Arizona, I think they've given up a 300-yard passer in like four of the last five games. Um, I mentioned that I feel like they're getting better. But uh, in terms of quarterback uh, production, I certainly don't have a very good case for that. So uh, just a couple games ago, Garoppolo has four touchdowns, looked great. Uh, I agree with I agree with Jake. If there's no Kittle and and Sanders, uh, that's going to drop him down a bit for me. All right, guys, I had to ask about this. had to put this in the rundown because I, for one, am pumped for this Houston-Baltimore game. Two fun teams, two ascending teams could decide who gets a bye in the AFC side of the playoffs. Of course, I'm assuming that uh, the Texans generally take care of business, uh, win or lose this game the rest of the season. So I just want to ask you, 
who has the better game between these two awesome, super fun to watch quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Brandon, we'll go with you first. I got to go Lamar Jackson. I mean, where I don't think he's he's had, has he had a bad game? Like he's just like unslumpable. Um, (laughs) And so like, if you're going to, like, I think Watson will actually do okay. Again, with Watson, I always worry if there's teams that are really good at getting after the quarterback. Oddly, Baltimore's not good at that. I mean, they, they have a nice secondary talent there, but uh, if you give Deshaun Watson time, I'm going to feel comfortable about them. So I have both these guys in my top four, but Lamar Jackson is number one for me this week. Yeah, Lamar Jackson had a bad game against Pittsburgh. That's the one game that he had, the three interceptions, and it was just an awful game all around. But to same thing as Brandon, I have Lamar Jackson, number one, Deshaun Jackson, number four, behind Patrick Holmes and Dak Prescott. There you go. We're the same. We're the same as that, yeah. Yeah. Deshaun Watson. You said Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Watson, whatever. (laughs) All the Deshauns. I have every Deshaun at number four. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be a great game, uh, no matter what. Emery Hunt and I went pretty deep on this one, uh, on this week's episode of the Advanced Route, so be sure to check that out. Get Emery's take on uh, what these two offenses are going to be dealing with uh, against the defenses that they're going up against. It's going to be a great game, and as I said, could have a whole lot of uh, playoff implications on the AFC side of the bracket. We have got to our... QB to take a chance on part of this. Jake, you got to finish this off now. You gave us half of one with Brandon Allen. What's the other half? The other half is somebody who might not start because Matthew Stafford wants to play. Just just stop, dude. Whatever. So the initial report, and that's why it's a half, because it was, hey, he's practicing today, and then 1 o'clock rolls around, and he's like, no, 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 he was at practice on the sideline, but he wasn't practicing. If Matthew Stafford's out there, this goes out the window. But if you could take a chance on somebody, Jeff Driscoll is Josh Allen. He's going to run for 30, 40 yards. He's going to take off running. Dallas Cowboys defense is not something to fear as much as it was for the first five or six weeks. So not that I want to start him, but we're digging deep here with the fact that, I mean, you asked before (laughs) if that was my pick and Brandon Allen. I would definitely start Jeff Driscoll before I started Brandon Allen. That's that's a good one. That's pretty deep for you, Jake. I I'm impressed. Uh, I'll throw out Derek Carr, who this is just pretty much a matchup play here. You got Cincinnati. Uh, you got Derek Carr, who's completing seventy one percent of his passes. Uh, is ha- averaging a you know career high YPA near eight. I just think it's uh, it's a pretty safe play. I mean, he was a guy that was available in over half of leagues going into the week. So, you know, you have a quarterback on by this week um, and you had to look for somebody. Maybe Derek Carr is out there. You can plug him in. I think you'd do all right. You mean Derek Carr of the playoff bound Oakland Raiders? That's right. That's right. Let's get this team in the postseason. Cincinnati this week. Get ready for Chucky in the playoffs, man. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to see that team in the playoffs uh, for sure. Again, they're going to be 7-4. and four. You guys are going to be 7-4 and four going into the home stretch. So uh, feeling pretty good about the Raiders getting into postseason football. A couple of injuries. We've already talked about them a little bit, but Jacoby Brissett back at practice in full today. He will be starting, barring a setback in practice over the next couple of days against Jacksonville. And then, Jake, you just mentioned Matthew Stafford somehow trying to play this week. Uh, Got to believe he doesn't. Uh, he actually doesn't get out there, and Jeff Driscoll is the starter for the Lions, but just keep an eye on Detroit's practice reports the next couple of days. One more position to talk about. It's everyone's favorite position, tight end. Let's start with Dallas Goddard here. Jake at tight end 11 for Goddard. Brandon, you are at tight end 13. We got the Alshon Jeffrey news. Uh, We know Dallas Goddard is going to have to be out there a lot for the Eagles, and this team leads the league and plays run from 12 personnel, according to to Radar 360, and uh, over the last four games, he's given you 9.45 points per game in half PPR. 
he had that for the full season, that would make him tight end 11. So feels like Dallas Goddard has gotten himself safely into that uh, stream or low end tight end one position. Uh, Jake, we'll start with you here. Uh, what's your outlook for Goddard for the week, especially considering Alshon uh, maybe unlikely to play? It doesn't even really have to do much with Alshon and the fact of what I expect for him. It's just, it's no Deshaun Jackson. That's what it comes down to. He's just going to go back to the use of what it was before that, where he's a fringe tight end one every single week because they run so many 12 sets. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would be, I would be a little bit more um, excited about him if Alshon doesn't play because it just means, you know, there's a little bit more to, to spread around, but uh, I'm with you. I mean, he, I love Dallas Goddard. I think he's a great talent. Uh, I think he's a guy that deserves to be showcased as a tight end one for somebody else. Um, it's a bummer that he has to play sort of second fiddle to Zach Ertz, but that's where he's at right now. At least he's getting decent run uh, in those 12 sets that Jake's talking about. So yeah, I got him as a borderline tight end one for this week. I just think every every week that he's on the field playing a lot is a, is a week that there's a good chance that Dallas Goddard finds the end zone. Got to imagine that's going to be the case for him this week for the Eagles against the Patriots. How about Jack Doyle, you guys, uh, both in the low end tight end one spot for him. Jake at eight, Brandon at 10. Brandon, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, are we locking him in as the Colts tight end one? Yeah, I mean, Eric Ebron's still getting targets, but, uh, you know, Doyle's on the field and he's just kind of one of those hard hat wearing tight ends that you always feel, uh, you know, good about that. If he's out there, he's going to be involved. Um, he scored in each of his last two and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take that. I, I just, in terms of volatility, uh, I'm going to always rank Jack Doyle higher than Eric Ebron. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at, but I've, I've ranked Ebron just a few spots down from Doyle. Yeah. That's uh, pretty much Jack Doyle has been disrespected for a while now. and just t- Tight end one. I mean, top 10 tight end. I don't know what more people need to see from him. The snaps, the usage, the opportunities. And still no T.Y. Hilton. I just, I don't understand it. Yeah, and they, uh, a guy who, uh, no matter who it is, uh, at uh, quarterback for Indianapolis, they like him in the red zone. That's been the case for him pretty much his entire Colts career, and uh, that certainly has borne out with a couple of touchdowns over his last two games. Uh, Jake, we got to mention this guy, uh, Jared Cook. You have him at tight end 10. Brandon, you're at tight end 8. Uh, Jake, uh, once I saw him in your top 10, I knew I was going to have to ask you why your least favorite guy in the entire NFL, at least from what I've been able to gather, is a top 10 tight end this week. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'll tell you why. Because Tampa's <laughs> giving up the second most fantasy points to the tight end position, and that's it. And Jake doesn't want to talk about it because if he says anything nice, then the reverse will guarantee to be happening. <laughs> oh, that's guaranteed to happen anyway because that's what Jared Cook does. <laughs> oh, man. He's like Matt Breida in that way, that he's he's reliable in the worst ways. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So this is, this is what we're about to do. We're about to go down to the worst case scenario and Jared Cook's going to let everybody down when we're back on board. I should just go rank him 30th just to do it. <laughs> well, how about the tight end on the other side of this game weekend? Uh, we can get you away from Jared Cook and, and talk about OJ Howard. Uh, last week, showing signs of life. Everyone shows signs of life, I suppose, against Arizona. He had four catches for 47 yards and a touchdown, but both of you guys looking like you're not going to be uh, chasing fool's gold. Jake at 19 Brandon at 17. So Brandon, uh, I take it that we're chalking last week's performance up to matchup and we're not going to fall for it this week against the Saints. Yeah, I think I even said that last week. I'm like, yeah, I can see where he might have a one game, uh, you know, fancy utility and it, it it proved out, but you know, he had seven targets in that. That was a season high. He hadn't been targeted more than five times uh, previously and, and hadn't been targeted more than four times since week one. So um yeah, I'm just not going to fall for it. I actually think, you know, Marshawn Lattimore might be out in this one. I think, you know, 
uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin probably going to be okay uh, this week. And yeah, probably that makes know, sense. And I don't know that they're going to have to worry about OJ Howard being a big part of this. Yeah, this is more so the fact that I want to buy in. I want Arians to have gotten his head out of you know where, but it's only one game to trust that so far. And it's the use. I don't even care that it was Arizona. The use in general is just, it was there and we can hope, but also the saints defense is still really good. And the saints would be a matchup problem for most tight ends. Yeah, definitely true. Even with uh, Marshawn Lattimore looking like he's likely out and you know, obviously he wasn't going to see any of OJ Howard, but maybe there's some trickle down effect without having uh, your best uh, secondary player out there. But uh, there's still a team that's going to be a matchup problem for for most tight ends. I agree with you there, Jake. Uh, OJ Howard not quite grading out the same way he did against Arizona last week. Uh, Brandon, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, do we have a tight end to take a chance on? I think TJ Hawkinson is worthwhile. I think he's averaging over 50 yards his last two games. You get look at Dallas. They've been generous uh, to the tight end position. And, you know, we talk about this, like, uh, I know Michael Salfino will always say this, you know, once you, you're like in week 10, there are no more rookies. I mean, guys have played what's the equivalent of a college season at this point, but in the NFL. So um, Hawkinson on the field a lot and he's starting to, he's starting to percolate a little bit. I like the matchup and I'm l- less worried about his inexperience at this point. Yeah, this is what happens when Brandon doesn't edit my article because then he just steals the tight end that I was going to talk about. So if you want to go, if you want to go in the same vein of a rookie, I mean, you can go to Noah Fant. The opportunity, the snap count is there. He's essentially their number two because Allen's not throwing to Deshaun Hamilton. Maybe yeah. we we always talk about uh, we fantasy analysts hating players. Maybe Brandon Allen hates you, Jake. Yeah, that's it. maybe that's or he just hates my Bashan. He doesn't want to give Bashan any love. Maybe he hates no. him. Maybe we finally found the first instance of a player hating a fantasy analyst. <laughs> I don't want to surprise me. <laughs> Lots of people hate me. <laughs> if that's the if that is the ranking show's contribution, number one 2019 contribution to the fantasy football world, then I think we've done our service and then some. <laughs> get more people to hate me yeah that works <laughs> i wasn't meaning that specifically i was just saying you know being able to flip it you know larry david always talks about flipping right the conversation. right right that's, being yeah, able that's to what, flip the conversation on the players and find one of them who no, hates yeah, one of us sure, sure. right <laughs> uh, hopefully we've done more than that hopefully we've helped you guys out there who've been our loyal fans of this season have successful years get some wins we hope we did that again in this episode for week 11 of the ranking show again check out jake on twitter at all in kid go out and make and contribute one of those likes uh to that tweet he was talking about earlier we want to get that up over a thousand uh check out brandon at brandon funston you can find me at m beller if you are listening to this itunes spotify anywhere else for free rate review subscribe please we really do appreciate it and check out theathletic.com slash the ranking show for 40 percent off a subscription that will get you access to everything at the athletic including our subscribers only version of this show every friday that being with me and Derek van riper thank you again for listening for jake seeley and brandon funston i'm michael beller have a great week